0: Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Ridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. When Jesus came to the earth the first time, Christmas, as we celebrate Christmas, that was we celebrate the coming of Jesus for the first time. You know that for every one prophecy that prophesied about Jesus coming to the earth the first time, there is eight prophecies in the Bible about him coming the second times. So there's eight times more prophecies about and talk uh, dealings with Jesus coming the second time over the first time because Jesus Christ is going to come. Matter of fact, it's mentioned over 1845 times in the scripture about Jesus coming. I would also tell you this, that out of the 27 gospel or 27 books of the New Testament, that 23 of them strongly point to the coming of Christ the second time. So what I want you to know is that Jesus is going to return again, everybody. Amen. Amen. And what I want to tell you today is I'm talking on the end times. Look, when I was, in, when I was coming up in church, uh, you know, Rhonda and I, we met in high school, went to the same church. Man, they would try to scare the devil out of you all the time. You know what I'm talking about? They would try to use the return of Christ as a scare tactic. But that is not my hope today at all. I never want you to be afraid of Christ's return. I want you to be something we celebrate. Amen? Because everything that you're desiring on this earth is never going to happen. It's only going to happen when we get there. Amen? We're never going to have total peace. You know that? It's it's never, it's never going to, there's always going to be another problem, but in heaven, there's not going to be that. So the problem that Christians have is that we want heaven on earth, but heaven will never be on earth, but we will get to go to heaven. Amen. Amen. And so, so today it's, I hope to be positive today about this and not negative. And the reason I do that is because Jesus uh, today will be the most accurate message I will ever preach because I'm going to share the words of Jesus today. Because he was asked about this. What will be the signs of the end time? What will be the signs of your return? And he was very, very clear about those. So today we want to go through that again to not scare you, but to, but to prepare you and equip you and to put joy in your heart for, to know that we get to escape death. Amen, everybody? Amen. I don't know about you, but uh, it just suit me well not to have to die. <laughs> Wouldn't it? You, I mean, Really? Wouldn't it be great that you didn't have to die? That, you know, you didn't have to get some disease or, or get hit by a bus? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great, you know, okay, you know, what, well, Jesus, you know, hey, Jesus is coming. We all get to go to heaven. And that is what we want to talk about today. So I want to talk about the second coming of Jesus. And I'm going to start by answering three questions that I think that Jesus answered. And again, I want you to hold on with me all the way to the end. The first one is this. What will be the signs of Jesus' return? He was asked this right out, straight up, by his followers. And this is what he says. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the signs of your coming and the end of the age? You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not what, everybody? Alarm. Alarm." So Jesus is saying, I'm going to tell you these things, but these things should not scare you. They should excite you. Did you hear that, everybody? If For followers of Jesus, this should not scare you. It should excite you that, okay, I see that his coming is near, so it gives me hope, all right? And then he goes on and says, such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Now, this is something that we've experienced a lot more of lately. You know, earthquakes have been around since the beginning, But it is amazing how they become more uh, devastated, devastating. It's amazing how that, you know, last year we had 16,000 earthquakes on the earth. 16,000. We only heard about a few of them that were so devastating. As a matter of fact, this year we've already had 3,800 some earthquakes already this year. And it just seems like the earth is trembling and the earth is getting, Mother Earth is is, is, um, beginning to to feel the wrath of all the pain of the earth. And I just want to tell you, Jesus predicted that. Also, that famines were going to happen, that uh, there would be shortages. Now, I know that you and I know about famines because in 2020, there was no toilet paper. Hey, do you remember that, going and trying to buy? Oh, my goodness. Whoever thought that we'd have a famine like that, right? <laughs> that was crazy. I mean, I saw people fighting over roll of toilet paper. He's like, no, that's mine. No, that's mine. It was crazy. But 2020 began to set us up for also a, uh, another famine. Matter of fact, uh, the guy that's over, I think his name is Dan Beasley. He's over the, the, world, uh, the world Food uh, Program. And here's what he put. He said this, the world is at risk of uh, widespread famine. I think we have a picture of this. Widespread famine of biblical proportion caused by the pandemic. What he was saying was this, is that he, he predicted this. Back in 2020 and 2021, he said that, that if we didn't do something, and he's asking for billions of dollars to be given so that we could uh, beef up our food supply, and this was before the Russian and Ukraine war. Now, the Russian-Ukraine war has a great impact on the food supply. Why? Because it is called the breadbasket. Ukraine and that area is called the breastbasket of the world. And so there's going to be more food shortages. 811 million people starved to death last year. And this crisis is continuing to happen, and Jesus predicted that it would happen, everybody, that it would be a sign of the end time. So we see that that is happening all around us. And you yourself have noticed how the shelves in your grocery store have not been as full. Amen, everybody? And so, see, you say, well, that's because of the pandemic. Yeah, Jesus knew the pandemic was coming, and so he was predicting all of these things would begin to happen so that you would know, you would know this is a sign of the end time, all right? And so another thing he goes on to say in verse number eight is this, all these are the beginning of birth pains, then you will be handed over to be persecuted, put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of who, everybody? Me, Me Jesus. Jesus said in the end times that you would be hated. Now, Who in America would have ever thought that we were a nation that was founded on Christian principles, everybody? Do you understand that? We were founded on those principles. That's why we have been the greatest success story in history is because of those principles that our founding fathers had our country founded on. When you go to look at our laws, if you'll go back and read the Old Testament, you will see all of our laws laid out. Because that's exactly how our country was fashioned, after God's Word. It was around those principles. Now, what I want you to know is this, is that persecution is happening. Who would have ever thought in our country that you would be persecuted for being a Christ follower? It's amazing how we've drifted from our biblical foundation. If you don't believe that, just walk on any college campus. If you go on any college campus today and declare that you're a Christian friend, you've got a, a target on your back. Even in your workplace, we had, we had a young couple that moved here and moved to another city, and uh, they were, you know, so adamant about, you know, sharing their faith. And, and when they went to this other city, they, they said, Pastor Jeff, if I, they've told me if I share anything about my faith on my job, I'll be fired. This is the world in which we're living in. It's not over there anymore. It's here. Amen, everybody? And so Jesus predicted that this would be what would happen. And America, listen, America has done more to share the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world than any other country in history. We have been that light. And now it's like the world is trying to put our light out. And so, again, we see that persecution. Now, here's something else I read, that uh, there's 50 countries that have been identified as the as the ones that persecute Christians most, that Christians will suffer, suffer extreme persecution in, in these 50 countries. I won't list them all out. But what they found out was that in last year, and two, and two, 260,000 Christians lived in those areas. But I want you to know something. This year, they went back and did another survey, and of those 50 countries where the extreme persecution is happening every day, Christianity grew and now there's over 306,000 or 306 million, I should say, Christians living in those parts. What am I telling you? I'm telling you the Bible's true, everybody, amen? So 260 million, the more persecution they get, they grow. So over by 50 million, it grew in those extreme persecuted countries. What I'm telling you is what Matthew 16 and 18 says. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen? And so you don't have to worry about it. He didn't, he didn't want the church to freak out. The more that we're persecuted, the more that we rise up. And I think what's happening in our country may be good for us because we've been silent too long about our faith. Amen? And our children have lost hope because they haven't heard it, but now there's people like you and you and you and you and you that are speaking up and sharing your faith, and Jesus is moving. Amen? Amen. Amen. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. It's been, listen, countries come and go, but the church has always been alive. Amen? The, The world is scared to death of the church because you can go anywhere and there's going to be a church. Amen? Oh, yes, he is. He goes on and says this. Jesus says this. At that time, many will turn away from their faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceiving many people because of the increase of what, everybody? Wickedness. The love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Now, one thing that, that we've, we've noticed is that, you know, through the pandemic, it really cut a lot of people off from their, from their church. Church attendance, of course, you know, of course, all of us had to stop going during the pandemic. But the Bible talks about this falling away. And we've seen that happen in our country is that in all over the world that people and everybody that left church in in 2020 has not come back in 2022. Amen, everybody? And we've seen this, this falling away and many biblical scholars are wondering, is this the falling away that, that Jesus was referring to to get us prepared? Now, what we're doing at SEC is that you and I are making sure that that doesn't happen here in our community, and that's why we're inviting so many people to come at Easter. Amen? Because we're like, listen, you you may have stepped off the bus, but we're asking you to get back on the bus so that you can find the peace and joy and hope that you need in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And so that's what we're doing. Now, this wickedness that he talks about, he actually, Paul writes about it, and it gives us a detailed expression of what that's going to look like in the end time listen to what he says to to timothy in second timothy three he says this you may be as well know uh, you may as well know this to timothy in the last days it's going to be very difficult to be a christian for people will love only themselves and their money boy does that sound like 2022 Mm -hmm. they will be proud and boastful that means they'll be all over social media Don't you want to tell some people, get a life? Just get a life. And let me tell you something. When they do all those, you know, those posts and all, that's not the real. They don't even look like that. Some people, you know, some, I went to meet some people. I didn't know who they were. I was going to meet them, so I look them up, you know, on social media, to see who they are. And I'm like, wow, okay. And then I meet them like, what happened? Boy, you've been through a rough time the last month, haven't you? Okay. <laughs> have you ever, if you met anybody like that? Like, they look nothing like they had posted, I can tell you that. Then he goes on and says, sneering at God, which means to be mocking God. You might want to circle that one. Sneering at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful to them, and thoroughly bad. In other words, what he's saying, in the end time, there's gonna be no respect for authority. No, no respect for authority. Let me tell you something. Parents, that's why it's important to respect your parents because when you respect your parents, you respect authority. And he goes on to say, so they will be hard-headed, never giving in to others. They will be uh, constant liars and troublemakers and will think nothing of what, everybody? Immorality. They will be rough and cruel and sneer at those who try to do what? Good. Good. What I want to tell you is this, the signs of the time is that this wickedness that is begin to spread rapidly because of the internet. We have saw more, and again, I'm not a person who said the internet is bad because a lot of good things happen right now. Thank God for the internet because people are watching us all over the world right now. You know, we had someone get saved in India like two weeks ago, praise God. Amen, everybody. Praise God. Praise God for that. But what I want you to know is that it's, it's gotten rapid, and Jesus was predicting this and, and saying this is coming. He knew all about the Internet when he was on the cross. Amen. From the beginning of time, he knew about it because he said knowledge would be increased, and I don't have time to go there. But, but what I want you to know is this is that the immorality. Our children are paying the price for immorality. The number one thing that takes a nation down is sexual immorality. The number one thing. When you begin to see sexual immorality spread like a, a disease, like a virus, all across a nation, and then people begin to embrace that lifestyles, those lifestyles, friend, it changes everything. And the, the people that pray for it, let me tell you something, the people that pay for it, pray for it are the children. The children pay for our sins. It's amazing to me how that all the pressure, you know, like God's idea of sex should be done in the family, in the context of a husband and wife married. Amen? Married, that's God's idea. Anything outside of that is like wrong with God. Okay, everybody? You say, "Was he talking about this? He's talking about, I'm talking about anything outside of a husband and wife coming together is wrong in God's eyes. Now what's happened is, is that we push those lifestyles off on our children. Now our children are so confused. This week, we had two beautiful babies that were born uh, to our SEC family. I want you to look at these pictures right here coming up. Yeah, that's right, Keith and Sarah just had a beautiful little girl. And this next uh, couple here, or you won't see them, but you see their baby, Siobhan, Siobhan and Sasha James, they just had that beautiful baby girl, two girls born. Beautiful baby girls born. But what I want you to know is this, is that the world is, will begin to target them and begin to get them to even question their own identity. Right now, we're, we're hearing this, We're you know, so much about transgender. I mean, it's like everywhere, isn't it, everybody? You say, oh, pastor, you supposed to talk? Yes, I'm supposed to talk about this. Because what's happening is the world will continue to put so much pressure on those little girls until they'll begin to question, who am I? And the greatest thing at sneering at God is when God has determined that those are two little girls. God determined those are two little girls. Amen, everybody? God determined that. And right now, our counselor's offices all around are filled with girls asking those questions, am I a boy? You know why? Because the world has said you might be something else that God did not create you to be. That is not true. And mom and dad, I want you to know that the Bible is very clear about this. In Psalms 139 and 13, look what it says. It says this, you created every part of me. You put me together in my mother's womb. Amen, everybody? Listen, this is not a political statement. This is a biblical statement that God created us just the way that we are. Amen, everybody? God created us male and female, and that's who we are. And I want to tell you that it is our job to keep focusing in on our children's identity. Let them know that you are wonderfully and beautifully made, that God created you specifically just the way you are, and you are a good new creation in Christ Jesus, and God's got you. He made you that way to be on this earth to make a difference. You are who God created you to be. Amen? Amen. We got to keep speaking into their identity because the world will get them to question their identity. And isn't that, the, isn't that the greatest thing of all, to say, God, you made a mistake. You're not right, you're wrong. Because you know, well, you said I'm a man, but now no, I'm a girl. And let me just tell you something, somebody at 50 years old wants to say that, then that's just more power, let them do what they want to do, but not to a five-year-old, <laughs> amen? Not to a five-year-old. So I just want you to know that this is how the sex morality is. listen, and the thing about it is at the end time, it escalates. Listen, five years ago, we wouldn't have had this conversation. Ten years ago, we wouldn't have had other conversations. You know, it's just escalated. It's amazing how everything's speeding up now. Every, all this wickedness is speeding up. And so I just want you to know that we have to be on our guard. And that's why Paul told Timothy it's not going to be easy in the end for Christians. So I have a next step for you on your connection card. I hope everybody fills out a connection card and please turn it in so we can pray over you. On the back, it says, I will do my best to pray, read my Bible, attend church to guard against getting caught up in the world. Amen? Amen. The greatest defense you've got is showing up on Sundays. The greatest defense you've got is showing up to your group. The greatest defense that you've got is getting in God's word. The greatest defense you got is praying because if you don't, you will fall into it. Okay, move on, Pastor. All right, I will. <laughs> the second thing I would tell you that Jesus says, what will happen when Jesus returns? He talks about this. Look, he says, no one knows about that day or hour Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son of Man, only the Father. So what I want to tell you, if someone says that Jesus is coming back on November the 4th, 2022, they're wrong. As soon as somebody says, I know the day, I can tell you that won't be the day. I don't know if you remember back in uh, 1988, a book come out. 88 reasons Jesus come out in 1988. Tried to scare people to death and they were thinking, and it was on this particular date. But he was wrong. No, nobody knows the day that Jesus said, I don't even know the Father's going to clue me in. But he said, he has shown me the signs of what's going to happen. He goes on and says this as it was in the days of Noah. So it will be at the coming of the son of man. Again, if you go back and study the days of Noah, the sexual immorality was so bad. That's why God destroyed the earth. For, for in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. What he's saying is this, is that now, you know, in in Noah's day, that Noah was building that ark and said, hey, there's a flood coming. God wants you to be saved. Get on the ark. There's a flood coming. God wants you to be saved. Get on the ark. And everybody just laughed at him until they laughed at him so much that Noah's become commonplace. In other words, they just walked by the ark and they didn't pay attention anymore. Yeah, that's a freak over there. That's a freak over there. And then the Bible says that before the flood came, God had all the animals come and get on and Noah and his family got on. And and listen, when you saw all the animals coming and getting on the ark, then that should have been a sign, something's up, amen? (laughs) Something happening. And when they all got on the ark, God closed the door, the rains began, and guess what happened? People come running, banging on the door. Let me in, let me in, let me in. But it was too late the door was always shut by God and it could not be opened, And that's exactly what's going to happen when Jesus comes, everybody. When that trumpet sounds, the Bible says that Christians all over the world are going to rise up to be with God. We're going to leave this earth. Do you know that I'm told that, that 60% of America says that they're believers in God? 60% that they believe in Jesus Christ. They believe that 60%. And so let's just say, okay, well, maybe that's stretching. Let's go back to 40% that are really followers of Christ. If that happens, there's 360 million people in America. So that means about 150 million people are going to leave. Can you imagine what's going to happen? He goes on and tells us, look what Jesus says. He says, this is how it will look. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken, the other left. Therefore, keep, keep watch because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. Amen. Did you see that? Amen. What he's saying is this, is can you imagine, can you imagine being that mother holding that brand new, that newborn baby and Jesus coming, that baby leave out of your arms. Can you imagine being on that, driving down the road with a, with a buddy and all of a sudden, you know, they're gone and you're not. All over the world it's going to happen. I mean, it's it's going to be just like that, that the people of God are going to leave this earth. And everything, everything else is going to be people that are not followers of Christ. And let me just tell you something. That's why the tribulation is going to be so bad. The Antichrist is going to come. We'll talk about that just in a second. But the reason it's going to be so bad is because all the godly people leave. And if you took the godly people out of our, just think, if you took the godly people out of our society, how bad it really would be. And so I want to, you want to be ready. You want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, let me just say this to you right here and there. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is good news because you don't have to, you don't have to be afraid. And listen, if, G- if God sent his son Jesus to do everything he could to save you, if, he, if his son died for you, he's not looking for any reason to leave you here. Amen. I, now, when, again, when I was coming up, oh boy, no. Yeah, you oh, Oh, you 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 know what? You thought a cuss word today, you're going to hell, boy. I know I would I know I can remember growing up the way I grew up is that I remember going home sometime and somebody left the television on. There was a, one of my parents' car was in the uh, their cars were in the driveway, but I didn't see them anywhere in the house. I thought, oh no, I've been left behind. Am I the only one in the room that experienced that? Am I the only one? Okay, there's three or four of us yesterday. Oh no! That's right. And so I don't want you to feel that way. I want you to get up and so think every day, dear God, if that trumpet toots, I'm going to scoot. (laughs) Amen? Amen? I'm going up. Because one day it's going to happen. And maybe, just maybe, that last person is going to get saved this Easter. And God's going to come. I don't know. But just be ready. You should never be afraid of that. You should not be afraid of that. So... I want to say this before I go, because the last part I'm going to share with you the next two minutes is going to be about people that don't know Christ. So today, this is what I, was I want to put everybody at ease. So today, if you're not a Christ follower and you're watching online or you're in this room right now, I want to just settle that. What do you have to do to be a Christ follower? You've got to say, dear Jesus, come into my life. You've got to ask him to come in and save you and mean that you want to live for him. So right now, would you just bow your heads with me? Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, There's people in this room right now that do not know you. They're not following you, God. They know about you. The devil knows about you. But God, today, they know in their hearts they're not following you. And they know if you come, they're not going to go. So, Lord, we want to change that right now, and they do too. So they're going to pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I'm so sorry for all that I've been doing. And, Lord, save me. God, save me right now from me, God, and save me for eternity. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a hand for all the people that prayed that prayer? Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, whether you're watching online or in the room, would you check the card so we can pray for you? It says, I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower and put that in. Now, listen, let me say this, and I'm going to give you the bad news for the people that's going to stay here is this, is that it, when I talk about sexual immorality, you know what the devil does? He tries to make everybody feel bad about their past. I'm not talking about your past. I'm talking about your future. Amen, Amen everybody? Because every one of us has got scars in our lives. Amen? And so just remember that. Now, so let's go to the third thing here. What will happen after Jesus returns? Here it is. When Jesus returned, we talked about this last week. Man, you need to listen to that, but how the, the Antichrist is gonna come and we know that Israel's gonna win this battle. We, know, we feel like the is being built against Israel now. They're gonna win this battle and the Antichrist is gonna come on the scene and he's gonna say, we gotta have peace, everybody. And he's gonna declare world peace. He's gonna make a pact with Israel. He's gonna sign a pact with them that there's gonna be peace in the Middle East. And everybody's gonna go, Woohoo, for three and a half years, this gonna be, I mean, it's gonna be groovy as a 10-cent movie. Okay, yeah, that's old. Uh, it's going to be wonderful. Every, it's going to be great. But then at the three and a half year mark, the scripture says, he's going to turn his turn on Israel. He's going to declare himself as the Christ, that he's the Messiah. And that at that point, that's when everything gets really, really bad. Now, again, remember, the Christians are out of the earth. I, the, this church is going to be full this Easter. But I'm telling you, the greatest day that you will ever see will be the day that Jesus, after, the day after Jesus returns, because people will be coming begging to get in, and beg, just like they did with the ark, begging to get in, but it'll be too late. And so, those that are remain, this is what's going to happen. Look at Revelation 13. It says this: This is what the Antichrist is going to do. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So what he's saying is this, is that when the Antichrist steps on the scene, the only way that you can get to heaven at that point is that you got to give your life because you will not be able to buy or sell without that mark. I talked to a guy this week who lived in New York, and he said, Pastor, I want to tell you something. Through the pandemic, the only, you could not get out of your house if you did not have your vaccine card. He said, you couldn't get out of your I'm not an anti-vaxxer, everybody, okay? I mean, this is not political. He says, you could, not, you could not go into a store without showing your card. You could not get out of your house. You would starve to death. What I want to tell you is that when the antichrist comes, we just got to preview what that's going to look like, is that you have to receive the mark and you cannot buy or sell. And I wanna tell you, listen, it's gonna be very, very difficult for someone to go to, to make that this, to make it to heaven after this Christ comes. So you wanna make sure that your loved ones know now. That's what this Easter is all about. I'm gonna be preaching a salvation message, everybody, Easter Sunday, and it's not gonna be hellfire and brimstone. We're talking, taking a series called uh, The Miracle of Mercy. I'm starting that, but what I wanna tell you is that we gotta get our loved ones to know Jesus, amen? Our sons and our, we cannot trust anymore that they're going to get it. No, we got to make sure we're talking about it that Christ is returning and that Jesus, when he returns, we want them to be in heaven with us. And that's what this Easter is all about. That's why I'm telling you, Rhonda and I are going, we're doing extreme things to share this message inviting people to come to to Stockbridge Community or go to church on Easter Sunday that they can receive Christ because millions will come to know Jesus this Easter. I believe that and hundreds here at Stockbridge Community Church. So make sure that you're inviting. I want to this last thing I want to say is this. Every sin that you've ever committed, you don't have to be worried about your past because when you ask God to forgive you of your sins, he cleanses you of every sin. When you face Jesus, he's not going to say, well, remember when you did so-and-so. No, if you've confessed it, it's been cleansed. That's why heaven is going to be so grand. And when you get there, he's not going to make you feel guilty. But what we do need to do, everybody, is we need to make sure to get our hearts right. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again,